Hey everybody, Doug here. Before we get into this episode on D2, The Mighty Ducks, I just wanted to put out a quick disclaimer. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of audio trouble on this episode. Uh, I've done what I can to minimize it in the editing, but there's a bit of feedback uh, in there. It sounds a little bit as if our guest Eileen is uh, actually on the ice at the Arrowhead Pond. Um, so again, uh, I, the choice was, do we put out the episode or not? And I think uh, this episode, episode was way too much fun to not uh, put out there. Uh, so like the titular Mighty Ducks, we are going to persevere despite our technical limitations. Uh, so I really hope you enjoy it. Just wanted to let you know that up front. Okay, here we go. Hello, and welcome to Nostalgia Marcana. I'm your host, Doug Leaf. Each episode of this podcast, we'll look back on the movies, TV, games, people, and phenomena that we still love talking about all these years later, and ask ourselves why these bits of pop culture still enchant us today. This week, we'll be revisiting... to quack because we're talking about D2 the Mighty Ducks today as the only way to open a podcast about this topic. It is everything you would expect from a Disney live action sequel in the 1990s, but it's got a little more on it that makes it worth remembering that we're going to be talking about uh, we'll talk in, about all those little details today. And I first of course want to introduce my guest. Uh, she's someone I've known for a long time uh, doing improv and uh, one of the funniest ladies I know very much worth a follow on social media because she's awesome and uh definitely the most hilarious descendant of marie curie that i've ever met uh ladies and gentlemen eileen o'connell <laughs> hello Hi. thank you for having me oh you're very welcome and, and i haven't uh, officially said it yet but of course mazel tov on getting uh, engaged oh thank you so much <laughs> you're gonna be I'm, adding to I'm, your quack pack i am I'm a real woman now. That's how. That's how you have words. <laughs> yep. Uh, th- now, now so now that you are in fact a, a full grown woman and and <laughs> and duck, I would love to know why you picked this particular topic. I reached out to you and said, you know, pick whatever you want, and, and you said D two the Mighty Duck. So I want to know why. Uh, I've been just having a lot of serendipitous conversations with people lately about like the Mighty Ducks uh, trilogy. <laughs> And I feel like I'm the crazy one in these conversations because everyone's favorite is the first one. Like, no, the second one. It's the Godfather Part Two of the God of the of the Mighty Ducks trilogy. It's got everything. We'll talk about it, but it's got Knuckle Puck. It's got Keenan. It's got the Bass Brothers. It's perfect. <laughs> I mean, they definitely kind of went bigger on all of the things that I think worked from the first movie. I do think the first movie is probably a little more like a cohesive thought as a movie, but the second one sure is a lot of fun. Um, it's America. The, yeah, the stakes are higher. The stakes are higher, and I think just from a, just a pure like movie making fun standpoint, 
the final game is much bigger and longer and there's more going on in it than the first movie. And it actually, you can really follow along a lot more of the, of like what's actually happening in the game. So I, I really appreciated that. Can you tell me about like when you, did you actually see the second one first or did you see them in order or? I saw them in order, but we owned the second on VHS. I don't know why we didn't own the first. <laughs> I think my brother got it for from one of his friends for his birthday. So we're like, this is it. <laughs> so I've just seen it more. You know, it's interesting. This is the first topic I've done on this nostalgia cast where I don't have any nostalgia for the material. I actually, I had seen bits and pieces of the first movie and then I had never seen the second one until watching it for this show. So I sat down and I watched both one and two to make sure I was you know, up on my, my Mighty Ducks lore. Somehow this one just passed me by. And I don't know if that's because of our age difference, because I'm an 80s kid and you're a 90s kid. 1890s. I am yeah. 133 years old. <laughs> right. 1890, of course. The gay 90s. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mine nostalgic memories about the Mighty Ducks, if anything, are about the actual NHL team. Because I'm from Orange County, California, so I remember when the pond was built and when it became a thing. And, and I remember thinking, like, oh, they they named, they named they managed to get a Disney NHL team that's named after the, from their movie. Like, I even as a 13-year-old or so, I recognized the synergistic marketing happening. But, I mean, they were still my team. I still rooted for them. It was exciting to see them win the Stanley Cup, you know, all those years later. But, yeah, I, I don't really have any strong memories myself of this movie. Is this something that you and your family, like, you had it on VHS, you said, so that meant you must have watched it a ton. Yeah, it was me and my brother. Uh, we would just, we had a playroom with a TV, and we would just have movie nights, and we would rotate between that and Field of Dreams. <laughs> oh, two sports <laughs> movies, okay. Are, we like sports movies in the O'Connell house. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I, watching this one, we recently did an episode here on the Karate Kid. And, like, there, there is definitely, like, this template for a sports movie. And, and there's also a template, I think, for a sports movie sequel. And if you look at Rocky II, the Karate Kid II, and then this one, you can definitely see there's, like, kind of, I wouldn't say it's a formula, but there's definitely, like, okay, we've got to make it bigger. We got to make the the fight or the 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 tournament or whatever it is of a you know, a grander scale. All those things have to get escalated as the thing goes on. And we got to have a shopping montage. <laughs> and a shopping montage. Is there a is there one of the the ducks that is your favorite? Uh oh. Mm-hmm. It rotates. I think I still I always go back to uh, Keenan's character. I think also I think also I liked it. Because I watched all that as a kid, and Keenan and Kel, and I was like, he's in a movie! I did not know he was in this movie. All of a sudden, he just showed up, and I was like, oh, look, it's, it's little Keenan. Uh-huh. And, he, and he, oh, he's, he he's heckled his trick. way onto the team, somehow. It's inspirational. You can heckle your way into anything. Yeah, I want to criticize this movie for taking narrative shortcuts, but it's kind of, like, too much fun to do that, where it's like, wait. Why Why are they even America's team? There's no shot in the movie where they, like, have to beat out other groups of teams from, like, other parts of America to qualify. No, they were just recruited by that by that guy. Yeah, the, uh, Mr. Tibble? Is it his character? Mr. Tibble. Yeah, yeah. he's from uh, this actor. I forget his name. He's from L.A. Law. He looks like Mitch McConnell without the glasses, <laughs> sort of. 
And I kept waiting. I like his character. He's sort of very, like, sweet. I kept waiting for this villain turn that never happens. Yeah, that's... I can see that. Because <laughs> I'm just he's assuming just, this guy's going to... He's gonna, goofy. Well, he's... he's so he's the um, sporting equipment magnate who is sponsoring the team. And so I kept waiting for, like, big business to kind of be like, now, hey, listen, you guys are going to win at all costs, so... I want your kids to take steroids or something to win the game. And he's like, and Gordon Bombay says no to drugs. That's what I thought was coming. That would have been a good, a good little lesson that they didn't. <laughs> no, I, that, I, it's almost a twist in and of itself that he turns out to not be the villain or a secondary villain, uh, yeah. I should say. He's like a, a, an opponent in some way. Yeah, no, he's kind of, I mean, there's once in a while he kind of, like, his support kind of wavers or he kind of like, kind of gives Gordon a, a talking to, but he never, at no point does they actually, like, oh, we've got to triumph over this guy. Because I think there's the guy in the first movie who is sponsoring the team from from his law firm that's the, the bad guy. So maybe they didn't want to replicate that. They were like, no, we'll just make Iceland, the whole nation of Iceland, the villain. <laughs> Yeah, it's a country of Ivan Dragos, for sure. Like, that's what they're going for. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not even sure where to focus on here. I, I think the first act of the movie is probably, you know, we can kind of do it in stages. Um, you know, getting the team back together and stuff. It, 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 I felt bad for Gordon. Poor Gordon Bombay in that first part of the movie. It starts off very, very sad. You see him achieve his dreams and have it taken from him. And he's back with the kids. <laughs> Yeah, like the whole first movie, like you could have been something, you could have been this great player, and at the end he gets his shot, and then like yeah, like oh, it went nowhere. He got injured after like a half a season and couldn't like, play anymore. Instantly. Yeah, there's almost something like Simpsons esque about that. It's just it's taken away. I do like though that they sort of do the black suit Spider Man thing with him a little bit in the middle mm-hmm. of the movie. Like, no, they totally do. <laughs> they kind of get they give him a makeover. They, yeah, they slick his hair back. They turn him into into Charlie Sheen, you know, his brother. <laughs> they do. I mean, tell me what sticks out to you about that, that first part of the movie because it it feels very Nickelodeon to me. I, I like it. It's very Nickelodeon. It's very like it's very '90s kid. It's like we're in the Mall of America. We gotta find our friends. This is also a reason I liked it because I'm a Midwest girl. Part of it takes place in the Mall of America. <laughs> yeah, they're from Minneapolis, right? Is there Minneapolis? Yeah. Yeah. You can feel that, like, especially in the first movie, but still a little bit in the beginning of the second. Like, there is that, you do have a good sense of, like, place and, and character, I think, of, like, this is, this is you know, it's not small-town America, but it's, like, middle America, and it's, you know, th- these kids feel like they could be any kids from, from anywhere. I like that. See, I, I, I liked, I like, like, I, I like any situation where it's, like, we gotta get the band back together. So that was fun to see, like, a little touch of the previous movie with, like, the opposing team trying to prank them. Here they come. I love this. They are so stupid. One large order of shredded duck coming up. They won't know what hit them. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? Hi, guys. (laughs) Hey, come here. Hey, get over here, huh? Yeah, I like that they got at least a, a you know an appearance from the Hawks. 
Uh, yeah, I was like, good for them. They got a paycheck, those actors. Yeah, and uh, and they get their asses handed to them by um, Fulton? Is it? I just know him as one half of the Bass Brothers. Yeah, I know him as, uh, he plays Foggy in uh, the Marvel Daredevil show. <gasps> he does. Yeah. So that was another one. I was like, oh, little Foggy. So I just kept thinking of him as Foggy. I couldn't remember his character's name, but I think it's Fulton. And I like that he gets a superpower. Not all the kids get a superpower, but he does. They totally negate part of the first movie because, like, in the first movie, Bombay shacks up with Charlie's mom. And then they're like, oh, yeah, my mom remarried. And like, when? When did you meet a person? <laughs> and then fall in love and then get married. Yeah, I couldn't tell how long it had been between the two movies, but it's not that long. It can't be. They didn't get that much older. Yeah, I think the two movies were released. What one's like the first one's nineteen ninety two, and this one's ninety four or something. They're pretty close I together. Think so. Charlie gets a little bit screwed over here too, in a way, because he sort of he he sort of takes one for the team by giving up his uh, skates to be a coach. Yeah, he's brave. He's brave, and he puts the team first. He knows that there's no I in team. Yeah, it's sort of like I can't figure out if the lesson is like in the first movie is like, well, any kid can do anything if they believe in it. Also, no one to quit. Because your dreams won't come true. <laughs> like, it's a little like a both. Or it's like, I guess know your limitations is a nicer spin on that. Maybe that's why I relate more to this movie. <laughs> I try to learn, I try to set healthy boundaries for myself. And this is a good, good uh, roadmap. Yeah, I, I like that they, um, I mean, when they do the getting the band back together thing, it is like sort of silly and like cartoony. They're like having a guy get doused in uh, wet cement and stuff. But, like, they know where each other are, too. And this is, like, pre-cell phones. So, yeah, kind of impressive. It's a big city. It's a big city. Uh, I'm impressed that, like, they have jobs. Like, that one kid worked at the movie theater in the Mall of America. I'm like, I don't know if you're old enough to have a job. Good for you. <laughs> I was like, like, Gordon Bombay is just, like, he's standing around outside this restaurant waiting for them. And he, like, knows. Like, they're going to go out recruit each other and they will be back at this spot by like you know 11 30 mm -hmm. or whatever it is they all have their they have their rollerblades in their respective locations so they can all rollerblade together to meet him yeah it is very sweet like i i'm glad they they kind of leave the the gordon as an asshole stuff mostly in the first movie because i forgot they do spend a lot of that movie on like he's awful like the first half and he's an movie. alcoholic yeah like he's an <laughs> alcoholic criminal defense lawyer he's terrible I like that. I like that they didn't resort back. To, well, he, he kind of finds a new way to be a douchebag. He doesn't replicate his previous douchebaggery. No, and it doesn't last that long. They, they, you know, they don't like have him go really take a dark turn or anything. He's just sort of he gets a little enamored with the fact that he's getting paid a lot of money. And he gets to live in a really cool mansion in Malibu. Yeah. Uh, simply by defeating the Hawks in the first game, or the first movie, he's worthy of this treatment. It's a really unrealistic uh, expectation for peewee hockey coaches. Well, and then and uh, and uh, the uh, Mr. Tibble even called. He said, he's like he says to him something like, "Well, I don't know what. Why what, what do you care about me? I'm just a coach." And he's like Pat Riley. <laughs> like he names these like name check Mike Ditka. These huge all time coaches. And like he he coached a peewee hockey team in in Minneapolis. And, like, he's, yeah, I mean it's great that he won and all, but. Anything's possible. Yeah, anything's possible. <laughs> but have boundaries. Until your dreams come crashing down. Mm-hmm. 
I think they do a good job too of like once you kind of they skip ahead like okay we're at the tournament the plot really kind of moves it's like okay we don't need to show if there were qualifying rounds we could just cut past that and and get to the the kid olympics <laughs> or what what's it called the winter something i forget what they actually call it it was like well they cut, it's a very throwaway line but they mentioned that it's like a combo of the summer and olympic games but for kids I think some of the events are like they like basketball, like not winter events. Yeah. Well, also like it's obviously not winter time while they're filming it. Oh yeah, I mean when they're not ice skating, they're on rollerblades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Like they, I like that they spend a lot more time on the ice in games. I feel like you know the first movie didn't have as much of that. It was a lot of just practice. And here's like no, they're yeah. they're already up against uh, Trinidad and Tobago or whoever they're they're going up against first. With their really cool tie dye jerseys. That's how you know they're from the Caribbean. <laughs> Team USA loses the puck at center ice. Trinidad with it. Here's Belafonte across the blue line with a great move. Walks right down the slot and shoots and They, they do some uh, stereotyping here. How do you feel about the um, the new kids on the team that we're introduced to? Uh, I liked them when I was a kid. I thought the Texas guy was very funny. He's probably a raging Republican. It was the guy, the cowboy hat kid, who like had the lasso and he says, "Let's play some puck." Like that's Texas slang for hockey. He's probably the one hockey player in Texas. Yeah, isn't his name like Tex or something? They give him a name that's like really cowboyish too. I think so. I obviously like I I watch for the experience and I don't log anyone's name except for Coach, Coach Gordon Bombay because I had a crush on him when I was a kid. Yeah, I did have, with the exception of a few like very very distinctive members of the team, I had a little trouble keeping track of their names. But again, I've only seen it the once, so I, I didn't, I'm not going to uh, dock myself any points for that. How do you feel about, again, I want to get your take on kind of this part of the movie, this middle section here. Maybe maybe it's, let's focus on the introduction of the Icelandic Vikings. <laughs> oh, they're badass. Yeah. When I was a kid, I was like, these guys are trouble. <laughs> they're wearing black. They're wearing black. Their hair's slick. They're really tall. They all have Russian accents. Yeah. I don't know what the flag of Iceland is, but like everybody's wearing... I guess USA is wearing red, white, and blue. You got Trinidad and Tobago in the tie-dye. And then they're in black. I guess you can pick whatever you want. This actor who plays their coach is, like, I I think he's really intimidating. I thought he was great. Coach Bombay, the Vikings from Iceland are the heavy favorite. Their coach is already guaranteed victory. How are you going to handle them? Uh, hard work. I think our team is ready to go up against the best in the world. We're not worried about them. Iceland may be tough, but uh, we're Team USA and we're going all the way. Team USA is going down. That's where you're going. See you on the ice, Bombay. He was very scary when I was a kid. When he just when he ambushes that press conference with, with Bombay at a Trojan Stadium, just the cameras are rolling and he's just like, "I'm gonna beat you guys." 
It's very much like out of something like out of WWE. Like he's there on the sidelines during the press conference to like stir trouble. But that wouldn't like the kids tournament. Just insane. That's the other thing. Yeah, of course, his level of like, you know, we're going to crush these children. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's not the actual Olympics. Like, they're kids. What did America do to you? Yeah. In the 90s. We didn't say he like bad things then. He like washed out like he was too aggressive and evil or something for the team. It's like he was, uh, it's uh, that like the actor, I feel like he auditioned for a villain role in a different Disney movie and they're like, well, we can't use him here, but we'll just throw him in this movie. And he was like, I'm going to play it the same. Yeah, I can see he was in, uh, he was in the Highlander TV series and I feel like that feels right. Coach, uh, Coach Wolf Stanson. It's already a fierce name. Yes. Nickname is The Dentist. It's really not, because that was a line in the movie where they're like, he's knocked so many people's teeth out, so they call him The Dentist. It's like, why is he in charge of children right now? <laughs> yeah. And what does he do, like, on his downtime? <laughs> Gets more uh, oil for his hair to slick back. Yeah. Just constantly yeah. brewing his own oil. He reminds me a lot of the the coach of the the guy who runs the Cobra Kai dojo in in uh, Karate Kid. There's a lot of that, like oh. he must be like feeding them like evil like lesson life lessons to pump them up. What do you think of the uh, the opposing team? Like I feel like we don't get quite enough time with them, but it'd be nice to know like a few more individuals from the team. But they're I think they're appropriately intimidating. They're all very um, cookie cutter, tall, beautiful. <laughs> And muscular. Uh, the only guy we really kind of get to know is the guy at the very, not to skip ahead, but the guy at the end during the shoot-off. Juno. You lost it for me. You lost it for yourself. Let's go shake their hands. They could have done more to maybe have at least him stand out a little more. It's almost like they're the the evil um, girls from the um, the simply irresistible video. They they just went to like the Scandinavian store and picked out like a bunch of these scary dudes. <laughs> I love that store. Guy Kia. Hi know. <laughs> Going back to like the the new edition. So you've got you got Tex the the cowboy. You've got the figure skating guy. You've got the yeah. girl goalie. Uh, the cat. I remember her because she's yeah. badass. And when you're a girl watching a movie, you're always like, "Who's the girl? I will relate everything I am to you." That is a, the one place I think. Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer that they kind of don't have enough of a female presence because it's really just her and then the the tutor. Mm. Yeah, I I mean, otherwise, I think you you do have a relatively diverse team. It's just yeah, it's an all masculine team except for her because they lose the the girl from the first movie, correct? She's in it for a minute, but yeah. you don't really see her play. Yeah. You see her almost smooch. At the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder why they didn't bring her back for more. They just felt like we needed to bring in this other girl character, but then lose the one we had. We can only have one. It's like an improv team. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I liked her. I, I you know I, I think they immediately set up the problem like we already have a goalie. We don't need you. Um, and they found ways to like bring her in, like you know, she's like she. They make her seem like the world's greatest relief pitcher. Yeah, I would love to be a relief pitcher. So I'd love to be a relief goalie. I mean, it's it takes a lot of the pressure off. <laughs> you play 
you know, one eighth of the game. Yeah. <laughs> but they bet they but they expect results for that one eighth. They they expect relief. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I could give them. I think I could. If, if, <laughs> I could. If you need to play, to go sit down for a while, that I can manage. I can't mm-hmm. vouch for what happens when I'm on the on the uh, ice, but I can give you a break. That's as much as I can contribute to a hockey team. Do you skate at all? Me, um, yeah, not like great, but that's a th- that's an activity we did in winters in Chicago, and I rollerbladed. I rollerbladed too a little bit, but that was it. Uh, obviously, not ice skating not as big here in in Southern California, but yeah, I was. I'm very uncoordinated and not good. So it wasn't going to happen. There's still time. <laughs> there is still time for me to break an ankle for my kids. Uh, they have shown no interest in that. They, I, We took them to the park today and they like barely wanted to use their scooters. What do kids today do? <laughs> it's mostly the same stuff. We take them to the park. They climb around on monkey bars. Yeah. That's good. So yeah, and did you ever play any hockey at all, or just skate around? Uh, not like on a like a team or anything, but we would play pickup street street hockey with like the neighborhood kids because we were right by cul-de-sac, so oh, it's prime street hockey. Yeah, well, you minimize your chance of getting creamed by a car. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we used like big, big, big ice buckets to be like the goal. Oh, that's perfect. Well, we go down to the, the cul-de-sac. We live on a cul-de-sac as well. Um, but what we'll do is just, we'll just play tag down there with the kids. We'll just run them around until they get tired. But yeah, they're they're a little young for organized sports, so they're they're not ready for that yet. I, my brother was on a hockey team for like a year. Like not nothing fancy, just like you sign up a seven-year-old for hockey, and that's a thing that they do. So when we played street hockey, I'd use his... I'd use his, like, puck and his, all that stuff. I don't know if these kids all train for the movie. I'm sure they train for the movie to get better. But they seem like they cast people that must have already had a lot of, like, skating ability. I think they did train. I remember, I think it was, like, it was some late night show. And Keenan was the guest. And they were talking about, like, Christmas time at SNL. And how, like, sometimes they'll shoot little segments on the ice rink outside of 30 Rock. And they were like, oh, you're really good at skating, Keenan. And he's like, yeah, I was a mighty duck. We all had to learn. Mm-hmm. Just like, it was very intense. So we had to like learn like how to skate and how to break and how like do, like, do, do tricks. So he was like, that's still in me. I would imagine. I mean, they, I, I read somewhere that they had like, they needed like 15,000 extras to fill the, the Arrowhead Pond. It was like, we can't get 15,000 extras and have you falling on your face all day. Like we, time is money. Yes. We got production schedule. Yeah. Now I did want to ask you about is it Jan, the the German guy? So mm-hmm. they replaced the German guy from the first movie entirely with this guy. Do you have a preference on which do you think which one is better than the other? This guy. This German guy. Okay, why? It's all very superficial. These are like these are just reasons that I preferred him as a kid and it's carried over. But, like, he got them the jerseys. The cool jerseys. <laughs> and so five-year-old Eileen was like, yes! That's all it takes to be a 90s kid and to be impressed by a person. <laughs> and now I'm loyal for life. You know, I like him better as well. Ooh. Yeah. Let's I hear, just you, let's hear a better reason than mine. 
I just thought he was warmer. Like, I just found yeah. him, like, personality to be a little more, in, like, oh, I, I like this guy. I want to give him a hug. Like, he seems like a, a good, nice dude. Not that the guy from the first movie is, isn't, but I think because, like we said, Gordon Bombay is a dick for the first half of that movie, it's a lot more of that character having to kind of, you know, be more uh, assertive with him and just not be as fun. Mm-hmm. And here it's like, all right, we're well, going to make you uh, German hot and peppers or whatever he makes them. I think does the hot and pepper mean rabbit? I've, I've messed that up. I think so. What does he make them? I don't know. Schnitzel. It was like a, it was definitely some sort of wiener. Yeah, it's up the German food and eggs uh, that he makes them. But he's like he's so he is very like grandfatherly. Yeah, German grandpa. German German grandpa. This is not a place for a coach. So who's looking after the shop? We are closed. First time in 10 years. I saw the Iceland game on television. Who was that man in the suit with the wet hair? Was it raining? It's a style, Jan. You look like you just got out of the shower. You came 2,000 miles to make fun of me, and you could have done this over the phone. On TV, you look like a man who needs a friend. Gordon, when I told the Goodwill Committee who you were, I did not talk to them about your good looks. I didn't tell them you would win at any cost. I told them you were a man who loves the game. And I told them you were a man who could teach the kids about more than just winning or losing. I told them you were the Minnesota Miracle Man. And only you could teach them to fly. So be that man. Be that man, Gordon. But yeah, I like Jan. Um, he's, he's, he ends up sort of being the Jiminy Cricket, too. Like, he's sort of Gordon Bombay's conscience a little bit. Yeah, he's like the conscience. We haven't really talked about Emilio Estevez. Are you a big fan of Emilio Estevez from, like, other things or just this or... Solely this, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) I would not be able to list any other of his roles but Gordon Bombay. He's in Young Guns. uh, Young Guns 2. That's fine. (laughs) And it worked. I don't know. Yeah, I was surprised. I feel like he disappeared off of uh, the landscape. I hope he's okay. Why was he doing better than his brother? I assume so. Maybe that's why he disappeared. He didn't want, like... Any any part of that. Yeah, and for all I know, they might have like brought him in as on, on Two and a Half Men as a character. I've, I have no idea. I never watched the show. Oh, he was in the, the first season of the Mighty Ducks series on Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. The new one? Yeah, the new one. I don't think he's in the second season, but he was in the first. That's cool. I, yeah, I did not get a chance to check that out. There was also the Mighty Ducks cartoon that was like had nothing to do with kids playing hockey. But it's oh, they're like with, aliens. They're like ducks from space. Yeah, they wear hockey. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, very weird. <laughs> but I still had all the toys. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. Because of your love for D two, or just because you like that cartoon independently? I think. Well, I started watching it because I liked D two, but then it was just kind of on the rotation of like Saturday morning. Uh, cartoons that Disney Channel would play. So it'd be like on after like Chip and Dale or DuckTales. And they'd be like, oh, this is on. I will continue to watch. 
a little of it i think again by the time that came around i was probably just a little too old for that so but i remember at least coming across it channel surfing and going like what the fuck is this i mean it was the heyday for ducks yeah we had darkwing duck we had ducktales we had the mighty ducks they had to cash in there was a there was something called like quack pack again there was another duck yeah. thing that might have been a donald thing i think it was like teenage uh huey doing louie with donald okay yeah, I mean, they, no shortage of Disney ducks, for sure. We just had disco ducks. That's all we had. <laughs> no, that was actually before my time, I think. I hope. Yeah, and then we get into this, like, period sort of towards the end of the movie where we're getting not quite to the big game, but, like, the build-up to the big game. You're, you watch them get clobbered by the uh, by the Icelandic team. I'm glad they did that because otherwise they're... Like, in the first movie, they only go up against the Hawks at the very end of the movie, so there's no... I'd like to have my hero and villain confront each other at least once before mm-hmm. the climax. Otherwise, then they have more to prove by the last battle. Yeah, and, I, and it takes the, the wind out of their sails, too, because up until that point, they've been just destroying all the other teams they go up against. They had to be humbled so that they can learn boundaries. <laughs> right. Getting back to our, our themes and our thesis for the movie. They definitely play a lot with the idea of, like, no, no, you're going to get a penalty on purpose on either team. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a fair game. <laughs> no, not by any stretch. Although, like, I guess if I was losing, what are they, like, 12 to 1 or something? Yeah, at a certain point, you definitely just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Any Anything that, like, stands out for you about, like, again, I'm looking for, like, favorite moments, like, things you'd love. That's obviously when Keenan gets recruited. And let me emphasize this enough. How cool the knuckle puck was for me and my brother. It was just like, is that possible? Can it be done? We're seeing it before us. And just like, it had that it had that formula in that part of the movie, very similar to Space Jam, where it's just like a pickup game on the street. And it kind of like uh, puts you perspective into a person. Obviously, Space Jam was the scene with uh, Charles Barkley and the scene was with all the ducks. Yeah, I, maybe describe what the knuckle puck is for someone who hasn't seen the movie, because it's oh. a fun, like, addendum to, like, Fulton's, like, super shot. Mm-hmm. So it starts out with him saying, it's knuckle puck time. <laughs> and then he takes a stick dramatically and presses it down on the puck. So then it's, instead of laying horizontally, it flips vertically, and then he whacks it. And then it just goes flying like crazy, and then strains the goal. Russ, what can you do for the team? You never heard of my knuckle puck? Knuckle puck? 
now. Team USA leading Russia 2-1 to one here in the third period. Russ Tyler, Team USA's newest member from Los Angeles, calling for the puck. He gets it. It's knuckle puck time. He winds up. He scores! Yeah, it seems like it's one of these, like, if he manages to get off this shot, it is unbeatable. Yeah. That's like, um, it's like a Super Smash. In yes. Super Smash Brothers terms. <laughs> no, you're you're exactly right. That's what it is. It's, uh, it, it's his limit break for uh, Final Fantasy game. Uh, Let's make more video game metaphors. Yeah. Yeah, our last episode was on Mist, so there you go. Um, oh. I, I thought it was a really fun idea, because, like, that character, I wasn't sure what they were doing with it. I was like, okay, it's just Keenan Thompson. He's, you know, even as a kid, he's good comic relief. He's got good timing. He's So good. So talented. I love him so much. And then, yeah, I did not expect him to actually end up on the team. He heckled his way. He showed them the knuckle puck. It's very easy to get recruited onto this American kid Olympic team. It's just mostly Minneapolis people, a Texan uh, guy from Florida slash Korea, and now Keenan. Yeah, like I said, we, we, we leapfrogged past all of the qualifying to even go up in the, into the kid Olympics. And he, like, doesn't even do that. Like, he's just in the, like, guess what? You're hired. You're on this team for the last game. Yeah. <laughs> no, one that all, no one that tried out for the team who almost made it got called. There's like, we'll bring this kid from the street. Yeah. And, by the way, Joshua Jackson, you're out <laughs> to make way for this kid. Here's a clipboard. Yeah. You suck, Joshua Jackson. Fuck you, Joshua Jackson. <laughs> Uh, he went on to be in Fringe, which I, I really like. So, it worked out. Mm -hmm. I, you know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for Averman. Why do you feel bad for him? He doesn't get a hero moment in the final game. Yeah, that's, I can see that. Yeah, like Every time he gets the puck, it's like, uh-oh, he failed. He screwed up. Now we have to make up for his screw-up somehow. He's very um, peak kid's anxiety that I see now as an adult. I'm like, that's what he was struggling from. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You're right. It's just like, as a kid, that would be my nightmare. Like, uh-oh, I'm the one who keeps screwing it up for the team. <laughs> Give me the, let me have the clipboard, Joshua Jackson. You don't suck so much after all. <laughs> Get back in there. Uh, yeah, but that, that let's, let's talk about the final game because that is, I think, the highlight of this movie by far. It's always the highlight of any sports movie. Definitely. And especially here, like I said, they really spend their time on it. They, it takes up a good chunk of the movie, so you really get to like kind of immerse yourself in like the ebbs and flows of what's happening in the game. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I mean, again, because they did that first game, you have that sense of like, uh-oh, they're going up on them again. They're up by like four. Um, it's it's going to happen again. And we know, you know, they're, they're going to try it for the end. But still, like they milk that for as much as they can. And they're so much bigger! They are, that, that is another thing of like, I don't know what the rules are and like, what, is there, a, there must be like a limit on ages, right? Like kids ages X through Y, because whatever it is, like they seem like, no, no, these are clearly college students. <laughs> They're huge. What's in the drinking water in Iceland? <laughs> I'm guessing volcanic ash and sulfur. That's what I know about Iceland. <laughs> umlauts. A lot of umlauts. <laughs> mm. I heard Iceland's really pretty. It, every picture, like, every time my computer goes to, like, a, you know, a screen, like a startup screen, it's like, here, here's a picture of Iceland. Like, oh, that's where that is. That's gorgeous. And then here's another one. 
Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, it looks like something out of like a Tolkien illustration. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have a favorite moment from this final game? Ooh, definitely the shootout. At the very end, yeah, they're tied. The only way to resolve it is a shootout. Like, the stakes are so high. The music and the tension is so gorgeous. <laughs> like, way more than a than a kid's movie should be. It's so epic. And then the girl catches the puck, and so they don't, they don't, Iceland doesn't win, and it's girl power. Yeah, I'm glad they give that to her to have that, that moment. Um, like I said, we do, we do bring her in as, you know, like, you better deliver in your one moment on the ice. Um, and you also have the shootout before, you have the kid uh, from the first movie who's, like, really worried about getting scouted. Yeah, another, no, anxiety. Yeah, absolutely, it was like, oh my god. And of course, we have our like the like the myriad penalty. They have that whole second period where they're just like, "We're not gonna win, so fuck them." We're just gonna like bash them to the ground and like lasso them on the ice and like mm-hmm. just do. Oh, like, and now like, Bombay doesn't even show up for the beginning, and so they have to get the teacher to coach. Yeah. By the way, that teacher. Um, wh- what's your feeling on her? Do you like her as a, a female lead, or I liked her as a kid. Uh, and this time, this watch around, I just thought she had the dumbest voice. <laughs> and so I kept like pausing it and repeating what she said. She'd just be like, Oh, Mr. Tibbles. Like, why do you sound like that? <laughs> you know what? I spent way too much time Googling her to try and figure out if she was like the daughter or granddaughter of the librarian at the beginning of Ghostbusters. Oh my God. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She's not. Uh, lost- <laughs> I can see it though. Yeah, she, lo- she just looks and sounds a lot like you know, she could be related to her. Um, but she does. no. The, yeah, I find her to be like fine. I liked Charlie's mom better, I think, as the, the female mm-hmm. lead. They didn't even like, get romantic, though, uh, Bombay and her. She was just kind of there. Yeah, I, it, it is interesting that she gets to, uh, she does get to coach the team. Like, I don't know, any adult will do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got Change a pulse. Change them up! <laughs> That's another great quote by the teacher. Yeah, I did like when I was. I liked um, it was one of the classroom scenes where she's just kind of like explaining America to the kids, and she's like, "They're te- America is a teenager like you guys," and the kids are like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it's just a cute, cute nineties moment. Yeah, I, I, I think you know. I mean, she, she serves her purpose well enough narratively to kind of like get them through stuff. She goes and has her ice cream with, uh, with Gordon, the, uh, which causes mm-hmm. so much tension for the team. Do you have a favorite, like, line from the movie? Is there, like, any, like, line that you would quote a bunch? Ooh. Um, oh, oh, oh. I mean, obviously, it's knuckle puck time. Mm. Obviously that. But also, not even, like, direct quotes, but my brother and I, when we were kids, we would kind of, like, recreate that uh, Rodeo Drive montage. <laughs> Just, like, with the really with the really ritzy story, store, store owner. Got a little cotton mouse. Uh... <laughs> Just, like, that dynamic just, like, plays on repeat in my head a lot. That is a really strange sequence. That, like, the three of them go down to Rodeo Drive and basically get this lingerie model show to happen for them. Uh-huh. Sort of. I, have you ever been given this treatment at any store in your life? I'm granted, I never shopped on Rodeo Drive even when I lived in L.A., but... No. When I was wedding dress shopping a couple of months ago, the best I got was, like, a thing of canned wine, and no one gave me a runway show. And again, they're treated as if they were, you know, the, the championship Chicago Bulls in terms of, yes. so like, oh, they're here. The, the kids from the hockey team are here. Quick. Uh-huh. Top two. I think 
why so many kids like me that grew up in the like the suburbs of Chicago really liked this movie because we grew up in an era where like it was the Chicago Bulls and it was like champions and greatness and like we're so cool. So I think we kind of latched on to movies like D two because it was the same vibe. There's definitely like a, a like I remember just the '90s as an era of sports, and maybe because of the dominance of the Bulls uh, and some other like kind of '90s sports stuff. But like it felt different then in terms of the the epicness of sports, and even though it was still just monstrously like all about marketing and and selling you shit, it didn't somehow it felt a little more genuine. I think it did. It was incredible. Like it was a really great time to be alive. Well, especially if you're from Chicago. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had we had nothing, uh, and like I said, we got the Ducks. They didn't start winning so much later. Uh, and we had the Angels, and I think they won the World Series in two thousand two. You know, so yeah. those were the only two teams we had. Our LA sports, our football teams, kept leaving at that time, so we were out of that. Uh, so yeah, not not like half of the teams that I end up rooting for, I would default to New York because that's where my family's from originally. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I guess I'll root for the Knicks then. <laughs> Uh, you know, the Lakers at the time were not the dominant force they became at the end of the, the 90s. Interesting. Getting back to, like, the climax of this movie, it, it like they, I feel like they did, get, other than poor Averman, who never gets a chance to shine, he kind of gets the opposite. They did give everybody else their moment, though. Like, everybody else gets their, their hero moment. Even the ones who are, like, quote-unquote screw-ups. Yeah. And those are the most lovable ones. Yeah, I, did, I definitely felt an affinity for Goldberg, for sure. Mm-hmm. Not just that's that's another my brother and i will just like text each other goldberg like in that cadence well he's definitely the they're doing a little bit of like the the i guess chunk from goonies saying like he's the fat one he's the he's the screw up he's a fraidy cat he fart he farts although he didn't because it was he the other it. bash brothers it wasn't me it was me yeah and that guy that guy his character was also from Chicago. Did you feel like any kind of like, oh yeah, another Chicago guy, cool? I did. <laughs> and another another favorite moment in the ending is just before they get their new jerseys, and Gordon Bombay is like, "Who are you?" And the kid's like, "I'm blah 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 from Minneapolis, Minnesota." It's like you learn where all they're from. And so he was like, "I'm from Chicago, Illinois." And even when I just rewatched that, I was like, "Yes." We're not goons. We're not bullies. No matter what people say or do, we have to be ourselves. You. Who are you? Dean Portman. From where? Chicago, Illinois. You. Guy Germain. From where? Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. You. Jesse Hall from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Who are you? Julie Gaffney from Bangor, Maine. Luis Mendoza, Miami, Florida. Greg Goldberg, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Les Averman, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Fulton Reed, Stillwater, Minnesota. Right. Russ Tyler, South Central Los Angeles. Charlie Conway, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ken Rue, San Francisco, California. Connie Moreau, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Adam Banks, Dinah, Minnesota. Dwayne Robertson, Austin, Texas. Michelle McKay, Duluth, Minnesota. And I'm Gordon Bombay, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah! We're Team USA. Gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks. And ducks fly together. That's right, Jan. And just when you think they're about to break apart, ducks, ducks fly, fly together. together. And when 
When the wind blows hard and the sky is black. Ducks fly together! And when the roosters are crowing and the cows are spinning circles in the pasture. Okay. Ducks fly together! And when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together. Did you see it in the theater? Did you see the movie in the theater when it first came out? I did, but I don't. Like, I remember, because when we were kids, my mom would, like, take a picture of us in front of the poster of whatever movie we're seeing. Cute little tradition. And so I remember getting the picture taken. I remember getting the popcorn. And I remember, like, bits and pieces of the movie. But mostly my memories are watching it on VHS. Yeah. I, I, I Like I said, I never saw them at all uh, until uh, this last couple of weeks. Um, but... You're welcome. Yes. No, thank you. I, this, this is a blind spot. I wanted to fill this in. I was like, I should have seen these movies. Why didn't I see these movies? Uh, and the answer is you just can't see everything. There's a third one. I know. I know. I started showing. I, the, I, do, the, I was going to say, I remember very distinctly seeing the third one in theaters because that was like, that was an event. You know, some movies were an event to see like Titanic <laughs> or like. Or like Borat was an event. This was definitely an event. <laughs> it was an event for you. It was not for us. <laughs> I'm just like it was like kids like seeing it the day of, and they were like, "Yes." Oh, I'm sure. Like again, it, I think that's just a generational difference between us. Because I think oh, by yeah. the time the first the, that that third movie came out, I was probably like 17 or something. So it was not high on my list of things to see. I was like, I want to go see Fight Club. I want to see this. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was a sports movie that, like, I saw as a kid in the 80s that would have fulfilled that role. I can't think of any. Even then, I was not that into sports. Uh, there also wasn't yeah. as many as many sports movies in the 80s. No. You're right. There were, Or if there were, they were much more adult. You got stuff like Bull Durham. You know, like, yeah. That's not for kids. We got we got the Karate Kid movies. That was about it. Yeah. You got you got that. Locked and loaded. Which, which are good. So I will take it. Uh, see our episode on the Karate Kid. Um, I will. I'll be listening to it after this. I, yeah, don't see it. It's a podcast. If, if you're seeing it, call a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I need medical attention. There's something wrong with me. So uh, just to kind of bring it home and wrap it up, I, I want to hear from you about just so much about, you know, again, you, you picked this. I know you love this with all of your heart. Is there something that, like, you take with you from the end of this movie that's just like, yes, that's the thing that, like, you know, not just the winning shot, maybe, but like something from the the, the climax or the, the made this like this. This is why this movie sticks in my heart, and I wanted to watch it over and over again. The very, very, like very ending, as the credits are rolling and the kids are sit- sitting around a campfire and uh, singing along the Queen. Like that was, <laughs> we are the champions. Like that's just kind of like that's kind of the crux of the movie, and it just made me excited to rewatch it, to like see them be the champions again. I loved that choice. I thought that was really cool because you know you they, the movie doesn't have too much of a denouement without it. It's kind of like we won, and then it's over. Yep. Um, which is what like the Karate Kid does. It's like he he kicks his opponent, and then like Miyagi smiles at him and credits. Like it's yep. the shortest denouement in the history of film. And so I love that they, it, not just that they had a moment to kind of like be kids, but it was like, it felt very genuine to watch them sit around this campfire and just kind of sing this Queen song at the top of their lungs. I thought that was actually really sweet. It felt very well observed, like improvised. It was. And it was also my introduction to Queen. 
Oh, interesting. Yes, because so my introduction to Queen would have been Wayne's World. The, the famous yeah, Bohemian fair. Rhapsody. Yeah. I was just a li- when it came out, I was alive, but I was a little too young. A little too young for Wayne's World. Yeah, I was gonna say that would have been like ninety one or two or something when that came out. That was like that was like my parents on date night with us and a babysitter. Like they saw yeah. it. I'm not. Yeah, I definitely remember either staying up to watch SNL around that time, or like my dad would tape it and we'd watch it Sunday morning. I'd get to watch the Wayne's World sketch and I'd be super excited. Oh, um, my parents did that with The Simpsons. Yeah, when I was like. When it started when I started six, it aired at 10 p.m. like as a rerun every single day, and so my parents would tape it, and then I'd wake up early and then watch the 10 p.m. Simpsons. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's how you get a kid to get up early. I don't need them to get up any earlier. <laughs> oh, <I've, laughs> oh my god! I've always, I've always struggled. <laughs> oh man, I, 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 your parents are lucky. Um, <laughs> I, my kid came in my my son came into the, the room this morning at like 5.30 he's opening the door and like he won't say anything he'll just open the door and kind of like wait for me to react and just leer yeah like he won't turn on the lights he just opens the door I just hear the door open and then nothing happens I'm like okay Ben <laughs> uh, we'll go watch TV we'll play <laughs> anything you want to say in final summation on D2 The Mighty Ducks oh once again the Godfather, Godfather Part Two of the Mighty Ducks trilogy, <laughs> not from plot, like it's not, a, it doesn't show people in the past, but just in quality, it takes it up a notch. I'm not saying it's better, like artistically, than the first or the third, but it takes it up a notch and adds something different. You see new layers of Gordon Bombay, you get more Queen music, and it's very. Very, very 90s. It's like a, it's like a time capsule about all that was fun about being a kid in the 90s. I definitely feel that uh, in watching it. And, you know, it, even though I was not, I was a little older uh, when this came along, I was certainly like, this felt like, yes, I am back in 1994. Um, mm-hmm. This is you know, the kind of media that was being presented to us. And as an example of that, like, it is way better than it has any right to be. And in fact, like you looked at, I looked at like, oh, so Rotten Tomatoes has it at like, you know, 40 something or maybe even less. But like audience is all rated an A. Like every, yeah. You know, yeah like people all love this thing. And uh, it, it just, it strikes that right sports movie kind of uh, chord, right? The, especially in that final act. It gives you everything you want from a sports movie. Mm-hmm. And victory. Uh, and and boundaries. That's the real that's the real thesis about the Mighty Ducks 2. Boundaries. Mighty Ducks 2, stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean that is sort of a lesson though, I think, right? They do have to learn to like, okay, you know, focus in. If you play if you play the game right, you will win. You know, quit screwing around. Mm-hmm. Is this one that, like, so, like, is this a movie that I think is, like, is there any emotional component for you, like, going back to this, like, warm fuzzies, or? Yeah, like, warm fuzzies, and just kind of reminder of, like, what it was like to be younger and have less problems. <laughs> and, like, oh, like, who cares? Like, this, this little moment in time exists, and you can always go back to it when you rewatch it. Uh, that's one thing I've found about doing this podcast now for a few episodes. Like, oh, I, I can wrap myself in in that feeling 
you know, once a week to like, oh, comfort food time. It's my comfort food time. I've made mm-hmm. myself, forced myself to like go back for weekly comfort food, which is great. That's nice. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm so glad you came on the show. Um, this was such a fun choice and not one I would have thought of to do. So <laughs> Also I, probably I, not one that you would have guessed I would have picked. No, I, I, I did not, but I'm glad you did. Um, the, the, I mean, the fun is picking something that, you know, uh, that you love. And clearly your affection for this movie shines through. And which is, just makes it so much more fun of a discussion. It's very simple affection, too. Like, it's just the same affection that I had as a kid that I still hold on to. For, absolutely. So uh, where can people find you if they want to find you? Oh, boy. Uh, I'm on Twitter at I underscore lean. I'm also on Instagram at Eileen Mary O'Connell, and I'm on TikTok at O'Connell. But also on all those profiles, you can just click on my link tree and figure it out. There you go. I, and I highly recommend that you do, because uh, you just post the funniest stuff. Um, one of the funniest people I know. Uh, and if you like this show, uh, of course, go to uh, iTunes or wherever you found it, drop a review. Uh, you can send feedback to at NostalgiumPod. That's our place on Twitter. Uh, we're also on Instagram uh, as our lifeboat in case uh, Twitter continues to go through its death spiral. It doesn't look good. <laughs> it doesn't look good at all. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure which order. I've I've recorded a few episodes now that are that may come out in different orders. So I'm not sure what's coming up next or what just came out. Um, but recently, we've been talking about doing this one and uh, Batman: The Animated Series, which you may have just heard or are about to listen to. Uh, I'm also planning an episode all on power ballads, so that'll be fun. And somewhere in the not-too-distant future, we're going to do Animaniacs. We're going to go back to the 90s for that. Yeah, back to the 90s! So, good things coming down the pike, for sure. Uh, so, uh, Eileen, thank you again so much. Uh, and until Thank you, ne- Doug. This was a blast. You're welcome back here anytime. Oh. <laughs> until next time, uh, that is one more entry in the Nostalgia uh. Arcanum. Time after time, I've done my sentence, but committed no crime, and bad mistakes, I've made a few.